Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Burrow's furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new season of the Forza Italian Football Podcast. I believe it's our 10th season. It's not my... No, it's not our 10th. It's our 12th season. It's not my 12th season. I'm on about three, four, five, six. Who knows? I'm your host, Connor Clancy. I'm joined, as ever, by Kev Pugzalski. Kev, hello. Good evening. Remember to speak loudly. How are you? Uh, good evening. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, looking forward to getting back into it. I usually, I largely go into hibernation during preseason and don't know what's going on by the first week or when the first week is, as you discovered only a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, um, good prep for for the season to come. But I have to be honest with you, I make an active attempt to avoid anything preseason as well. So, other than transfers and and all of that, I, I don't know what's been happening on pitches. To be perfectly honest with you, we are also joined by. Someone who's probably a little bit better prepared than than we are, Kev. It's Vito Doria. Vito, you've got a new look. Hello, welcome back for the new season. <laughs> Hello, Connor. Well, I do have a new look, but uh, I don't think it's a look that I'd be keeping for too much longer. I mean, uh, I generally don't like growing my facial hair too long because it does feel itchy for me. But uh, at the moment, I've got a bit of a moustache going, but... Uh, I don't think it's a, a long-term thing for me. Uh, I am so used to seeing Vito fresh-faced. It, it, it has thrown me a little. Um, <laughs> luckily, I'm not playing the game. Otherwise, I'd blame it. I'd, I'd call it a tactic for his game. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first thing you said to the poor guy when he came on the call. Like, not a hello, just straight in for the facial hair. Wow, he's such a fresh-faced looking guy. I mm. thought he'd been growing it since the previous pod we had in May. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, I, I like familiarity. Obviously, I'm a traditionalist. I want fresh-faced veto. Fair enough. Look, guys, we might as well ask. How's your summer been so far, Kev? Have you been enjoying it? I know you're 
in the UK, so you've not exactly been able to do all that much outside of the UK. But I mean, the the virus doesn't exist anymore. So congratulations on on Freedom Day. Um, how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm okay. I'm dying to get away. Uh, knee issues. So I've been on crutches for five weeks. Maybe looking at an op on my knee because I've. I was stupid and played too much football when I was younger. Um, but I was rather happy that Italy won the Euro, so it sort of picked up the <laughs> summer for me. Oh, you, you and me both, Kev, you and me both, I'll tell you, the night that Italy won the Euros, I celebrated twice. I celebrated the fact that Italy won the Euros and then I celebrated as an Irishman that England didn't win the Euros and it was a, a glorious, glorious evening. Uh, but what a summer. What a summer it's been for Italian sport in general, Vito. Obviously, the fastest man in the world over 100 metres is Italian. The man who can jump higher than anyone else is now Italian. There were a load of Italian goals at the Olympics. And, of course, Italy won the European Championship. So it's a very, very happy time. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, unfortunately, I'm not in Italy at the moment, but as someone of uh, Italian ancestry on my father's side, yeah, it's just great to see, you know, as I would say, the fatherland doing so well, La Patria. And, uh, yeah, just uh, between the Olympics, Euro 2020, it's a great year for Italian sport. And then to go a bit off topic, um, uh, Monaskin winning Eurovision 2021, so, um, you know, Italy's uh, flying high and it's great to see, especially, you know, in sport, there have been some dry years, to be honest. And then over the last decade or two with the incredible changes in Italian prime ministers, you have the global financial crisis and Eurozone crisis and many other political situations, things like that. So um, I think for sport, it's great, and hopefully culturally and maybe politically. Politically is probably a stretch, but hopefully this uh, uh, gives some sort of rejuvenation of the Italian nation and uh, its identity, which would be great to see. And even for us from the other side of the world, um, you know, it's great to see. We do live in our respective countries, but to think that our parents and grandparents came from such a incredible country, that's... Uh, you know, that makes us uh, feel proud of our roots and our um, culture. So That's yeah. been amazing um, to be long here. May con long may it continue. Yeah, it, it has been a wonderful experience to be here for it all this summer. And just every day speaking to people and people saying, oh, just see what, what we won today at the Olympics. And yeah, obviously the Euros speak for themselves. It was quite nice, though, that you mentioned Eurovision because, of course, Italy became the first country ever to win the Eurovision and the European Championship in the same summer. And then they went and won the 100-metre men's race as well. So that's a record that's going to last for a long, long time. Kev, you're smiling. Yeah, yeah just because that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's Twitter accounts and things that just earn their living from making random connections between two events happening for the first time ever, you know, that you'll never see again. You know, next it will be somebody won the bobsleighing in the same year at which they won the Gold Cup or reached what, the Gold Cup semi-final. What I would say is that the, the Eurovision is a, is a thing here, whereas back home in Ireland, I'm assuming it's a little bit more like in, in the UK where... I mean, we sent a, a, a turkey puppet to the Eurovision one year because that's how highly we rate it. 
Um, but it, it is actually quite a big deal in Italy, and they they did celebrate winning that. So it is an achievement for them. Yeah, I thought Ireland won the Eurovision. I thought they took it more seriously than the UK, actually. But um... Um, I think we have won it more than once. I think Ireland might have won it three times. But in recent years, um, yeah, literally sent a, a puppet of a turkey to to perform at the Eurovision one year. So that's good. Uh, I haven't watched it since 1993. <laughs> when I, on my birthday, I thought I was going for like a sleepover at a friend's house and his mother made me sit there and score each entrant. <laughs> and then I sort of <laughs> get flashbacks from that. So I've never watched it since. Do you know what happened to me in 1993? You were born? I was born in December 1993. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Anyway, guys, let's talk about the Serie A season. The 2021-2022, it's really, really difficult to say that, just like it was last season. Season is about to start. And... To say it's been a chaotic summer wouldn't do this summer justice. Um, I know a lot of things are being overshadowed now because Leo Messi is unable to play for, for the club that he wants to play for next season. But Serie has been a little bit mad as well. And it started about two days after last season ended, which we did talk about at the time with, with Antonio Conte leaving. But everyone's following him out of Inter as well. It seems Savito, the champions, are in a right mess. And by the time the season actually starts at the weekend, who knows who's going to be left? Chalonoglu rocked up and everyone else ran away. You've got to feel for Chalonoglu, but Inter's title defence, it's not looking good before the season even starts, is it? Oh, certainly not. I mean, um, when you lose uh, key players like they have and those who have been fundamental to the uh, title victory... Uh, that's uh, very bad, especially for the fans, because it means that the club's not going to be continuing the project. So it might be a sign that they're heading back down to mediocrity. Uh, it's bad for the new coach, uh, Simone Inzaghi, who's been brought in from Lazio. It's like he's been promised these things, or he'd think that he'd have a strong team to work with, certainly one then what he had at Lazio, but uh, that might not be the case now because he'll have to do more work to build the team to play his way. And uh, I just think, uh, in particular, just going back to the long-term goals, you know, it's like the back-to-square-one, effectively. This uh, Scudetto was pretty much a quick fix or just an immediate thing, but it's, um, as they say, it's... uh, a pyrrhic victory, just uh, this vi- this Serie A triumph has come at a huge cost and now the Suning group or the Zhang family, they've got to um, save face, basically. Yeah, you, you've, you've obviously got the, the way in which the uh, somewhat the pandemic's affected the funding that's come in. You know, they, they've been kind of forced, if you like, to, to stop pumping money into overseas football clubs and even their own um own league but there was something about the Conte project if you like when when he came in I tipped into for the title didn't quite get it that first season but it always felt as though they were going to do whatever it took to get a title with Conte and then they would go back into you know they would fall back into mediocrity so I'm 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 kind of not surprised by that 
But then immediately after the title triumph last year, you had them going to the players and asking them to sort of forego two months wages. Mm. You thought, oh, you know, that's that's not a good sign. But then they were not sure if honest is the right word, but they were they were fairly forward in saying we need to sell off a major asset just to kind of balance the books so we can maintain a competitive squad. Again, they might not have been the words they put it, but you know, that's what they said. Inzaghi, Inzaghi, Inzaghi's come in and you think, okay, so he has, you know, he's, he's got a better site than what's actually been maybe portrayed in the media. So he's taken that on because otherwise, why would he leave? You know, you know, Lazio, I don't think they were going to challenge this year under him necessarily, but you know, it was, he was doing some really good things there. And it, and if I was an Inter fan now with Lukaku heading out the door and potentially others following, even if, you know, not, not big name players and it, it being a bit of a far sale, I'd feel a little bit like the wall's been pulled over my eyes because it almost feels like everything that they were saying, if you're yeah, one major player, we'll be competitive this year. Okay, that's fine. I think if you're keeping your big ticket item, you know, you're, you're Lukaku, I think everybody would have thought, okay, we've got a fighting chance. It feels like they've left it until very close to the start of the season to suddenly go, okay, we've had these, you know, there's been talks in the backgrounds and moves for players to leave the club have been going on. And if we leave it as late as possible, we can have as minimal uproar as possible because I know there was a lot of protests at uh, Palmer Inter in pre-season a couple of days ago. And it, it, I don't know. It feels a little bit too managed, and that would really worry me as an Inter fan. And but but worry me as an Inter fan, but not surprise me as somebody that thought that the Conte project was going to come in, probably win them a you know win them, win them even the UEFA Europa League. Sorry for younger viewers, <laughs> uh, you know last season, and then then a title this. But um, disappointed if you're an Inter fan. Surprised not that this is what's come about after the money. Uh, put in to give Conte the title that he and the fans craved. You know, it's again. Lukaku though, isn't it? It's letting Lukaku go. I mean, yeah, I'm sure nobody would have cared about what Ashraf, Lautaro, even uh, Skriniar leaving, right? But Lukaku well, leaving. One, one person wouldn't it be Lukaku? And mm. I think if you're Lukaku in this scenario, okay, you don't want to be the first, but you also don't want to be the last. You know, you know, you don't, you don't want, you don't want to see five or six uh, first teamers, should we call them, disappear around you, and then out of some sense of loyalty or just how well he fits in it, you know, Italy, you know, tears the tears the league apart as done for yeah. two seasons. But yeah, no, I, I fully appreciate why he's, he's he's getting out as soon as the first opportunity comes his way. Well, he doesn't even want to leave though. That's the thing. He's been he's been told you're off. They accepted the bid, and it's. I, just, yeah. I feel bad for him as well I know it's it's strange saying you feel bad for someone when he's getting a pay rise and he's going to still do the job that he does just somewhere else but it, it it's hard not to because he's always struggled in other places to, to feel that love you know, and in Milan he was a god you know he, he there was that thing him and Ibra went head to head last season Lukaku won Lukaku won every single time and yeah, I, I just I do feel quite bad for him. It's not a nice position to be in, but there you go. Um, Vito, am I mad to think that Inter 
have a serious risk of not finishing in the Champions League places this season because I don't see it happening. I don't think you're mad at all. I think it's a, a scary possibility, especially if you're an Interista. The fact that they're losing such key players and that they've got to rebuild with uh, Inzaghi, um, it's just put a lot of pressure on Inzaghi to work with what's left. And they're losing players that, are, that have been key components under Antonio Conte. So... Um, you know, you've got someone like Ed and Jacko coming in, and it's just uh, it's just going to be a mammoth task. To well, I think the Scudetto will be out of reach for sure. But yeah, even fourth place, just the way the other teams have rebuilt as well, and who they've hired as coaches, I think that uh, the Nerazzurri, I think if they can somehow get a Champions League spot. It would be incredible. Uh, it's crazy, isn't it? Because you look at the top 10 and only Milan and, and Atalanta from the top 10 last season still have the same coaches in charge. Everyone else has changed. Obviously, at Juventus, Massimiliano Allegri is back, Kevin. In a season like last, I still would have backed Inter to win the title. But given what else has happened this summer... Um, if Allegri hadn't gone back to Juve, I'd probably say Atalanta are going to win the title this season. But Allegri's there, so Juventus are just going to win the, the Scudetto again and start another era of dominance, aren't they? It, it does feel like Allegri's return will almost be the missing piece in the in the puzzle for them with Inter's um, sort of troubles this well this this summer. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I, I look at that sometimes, and you know, everybody thinks, oh, well, you know, this is set up now for for Juve to become dominant again, and it, I don't know, there's something niggling inside me that thinks that there, there were too many problems uh, within the kind of squad there that, as much as Allegri did a couple of wonderful sort of rebuilding jobs or sort of half rebuild jobs during his um his first time at at Juve, I. I think we'll still see some of the cracks next year and mm. while they'll be there or thereabouts towards the end of the season. Um, I, I don't know. I, I tell you what, we'll get on to our predictions later, but I am really struggling with who's going to... Yeah. Uh, there's certainly nobody's going to pull away this season, but I, I don't know. Um, but this is it, right? I, th- I think you're right that there will be a lot of cracks at Juve, but there's going to be a lot of cracks everywhere. Last season, Inter got 91 points. 80 would have been enough to win the league because Milan finished second on 79. I wouldn't be surprised this year if the if the title winner finished with 75 points. If there's a lot of teams from first to sixth between 60 and 75 or, or something like that, but I don't see any team racking up more than 85 points this season because nobody's good enough. Nobody is good enough. It, Milan lost two of their best players. Um... Inter obviously have, have fallen apart. Atalanta, I think, will do what they did last season. They'll start a little bit shakily with the changes at the back that, that Romero's gone. But then they'll probably come good and be okay. Mourinho at Roma, Sarri at Lazio. Who knows what's going to happen there? I, I think it's really, really impossible to predict the title race yeah, next season. I just think Juve have not... They've not strengthened, you know. Obviously, they've been really 
absent, haven't they, in the in the, in the transfer market so far? Still trying to get things done, uh, and that midfield needs need needs sorting out. It was so it was so oh, just laboursome. Go on, throwing your hands. Talk, at me. talk about something else, will you? Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about Juve's midfield. At the moment. Obviously, they've lost Demiral at the back, and I think he's going to do a great job for Atalanta. We'll talk about Atalanta. They finished third last season. Um, a few changes, expectedly. There, they they always change things. Gasparini, importantly, is, is still there. They've upgraded on Pierluigi Golini by bringing in Juan Musso, arguably the best goalkeeper in Serie A now that Donnarumma has gone. And Vito, with that upgrade, with the changes at the back, what do you expect from La Dea this season? More of the same? Can they go a step further or will they fall away? This is where I think uh, Atalanta can take the step up. I think because of what we've just mentioned, that everybody's got weak points, even the top seven or eight. I think if there's going to be a year that Atalanta can win their first ever Serie A title, this might be the year. Juan Musso is a fantastic addition in goal. Uh, I think, aside from Rodrigo de Paul, who's left for Atletico Madrid, he was one of the main reasons Udinese have been staying up in Serie A in the last few years. He's a superb goalkeeper. And for him to go to Atalanta, that's a massive bonus. Mm. Uh, Mary Demiral, he looked good at Sassuolo for about six months. And then I was a bit surprised that Juve snapped him up because he was so young and that I didn't expect him to play a lot. He had his moments, and if memory serves me correctly, he had a knee injury himself, so that hurt. And uh, look, he didn't perform that well for Turkey at the Euros, but uh, the whole team in general was poor, so I don't think he can be singled out. So coming to Atalanta, he's still got the raw talent. He's still a good defender in his own right, but I think under Gasparini at Atalanta, I think this is a chance for the Turkish international to really go up a level. And if he can stay fit and remain consistent, I think he can be an excellent defender, just like Romero was last season. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, those two additions are big. Um, and uh, Joachim Mela, I wasn't too impressed with him last season, but uh, he played very well for Denmark at the Euros. For me, he was probably the best right back at the tournament. So, you know, to have Hutterball and Mailer as right wing back options and Gozens on the left, um, they'll definitely be a top team to watch at Talanta. But yeah, assuming those players can stay fit, they get the balance right between local competitions and Europe. I think, um, yeah, Talanta are in for another great season. And uh, as I said earlier, if there's a chance for silverware especially the scudetto this might be the year there you go it's on it wasn't me that said it it's officially on the cards kev i'm not asking you because i'm afraid of your negativity uh we'll go to milan next shalanoglu and donnarumma are gone purely still there Giroud's there playing up front with ibra Giroud's obviously taken the cursed number nine shirt so we know that Giroud's gonna probably suffer a serious injury in september and end the season with three games and one goal um but what do we think about Milan's chances next season? Pioli tends to do good jobs for a bit and then not so good jobs. Is this the season without two of his best players from last season that things start to go wrong at Milan? Or can they win the Scudetto? 
<laughs> That's not a real question, don't worry. <laughs> to who? It's for you. Oh, um I know how yeah, much I, you love talking about your friend Teo. No, I think um uh, I, I think M- Milan a, a bit like uh, Atalanta. I think when I'm looking at contenders at the top top end of the league, I think consistency will be quite you know quite key uh, regardless of maybe Pioli's drop off towards the latter parts of his tenure. Uh if I have any concerns it would be whether Ibra gets his nose put out of joint if Giroud has a excellent start and I just wonder the goalkeeper he's had one good season at Lille uh, I was hoping somebody else was going to pronounce his name before I got a chance to uh, and whether you know because it's although he's he's obviously won won the French title uh, it's a it's a pretty big step up to the kind of pressure cooker that is Italian football and Milanese football. It is a big step. Um, you threw that over to me while I was looking for his the correct pronunciation of his name. I'm just going to go with the Italian version, which will be Mike Mignan uh, for now. We'll, we'll learn it as the season goes on. Well, I'll ask Patrick Kendrick, obviously, one top Serie A commentator, fluent French speaker, so... He'll point us in the right direction. Um, Milan are like Atalanta. Are you all right? Only in the fact that they've made, they've retained their coaches, so they're going into the season with a level of consistency that the others won't. That that's all. Don't get over excited. Yeah, but they you. lost two of their best players. Donnarumma and Chalanoglu. Who's the other one I'm missing? If it's Chalanoglu. Donnarumma and Chalanoglu. Oh, okay. Well, Donnarumma was all. I wondered who the second one was for, for a moment. <laughs> all right, fair enough. <laughs> but no, you'd argue that last season Milan's best players were the spine of the team plus Teo, no? It was, it was Latan, uh, Chalanoglu, Kessie. Well, yeah, Kier I would have kind of. Kier and Kessie would have been the ones I would have worried about losing. Mm. Um, Chalanoglu, although with Giroud. Uh, he's quite uh, impressive in the air. His set pieces from Chalonoglu were always quite useful. I'm sure he Giroud... racked up double figures in assists, maybe. I'll joke on a side, Vito. I reckon Giroud is a lovely fit for, for Serie A. And I, I think we'll probably lose count of the number of goals he scores from making near post runs next season. I think he can do well with Ibra depending on the formation. But considering that... Ibrahimovic was effectively out injured for half of the season. He might do well just by himself up front. So depending on on the formation Pioli uses, especially if he still sticks with four two three one, I think Giroud, as long as he stays fit, uh, I think uh, he can be an excellent addition for the Rossoneri, and he'll provide them with even more experience too. Hmm. He's going to link up very nicely with Kev, your friend Teo Hernandez as well, right? Because Teo loves bombing down the wing and, I don't know, using the striker as a wall to play a 1-2 with and then rifle a shot into the top corner. But um, more seriously, I think it's another player that Rafa Leao will work quite well with. And you'd expect him to come on another bit again this season, Kev. Yeah, I think he was um, a little unfortunate last year that he was often forced to play the role of Ibra replacement through the middle at times. And because uh, you don't, you know, as, as much as he's a unique physical specimen, uh, Mister Zlatan, uh, he did miss quite a few games for Milan last year, and I think with Giroud, 
even at the age of 34, they've got the sort of perfect kind of double actor, you know, even play together sometimes, but certainly to, to give them that focal point that Liao can, can play off and, um, oh, I don't know what he'd be approaching his mid to late twenties. Now I think probably ideal time for him to really, really kick on and make a significant contribution to any, uh, challenge they make in Europe and, uh, domestically. Yeah, well, he's only 22, so he will be... No, right, so he'll be 22 for the entirety of the season, born in June. So he's he's still coming along. Give him time. Don't be so impatient. Don't be so impatient. You didn't peak until you were about 39 anyway, so like, <laughs> leave him alone. You and Burns, it doesn't feel like that long since we last spoke, but we're back again to preview the 2021-2022 the Serie A Feminile season. How was your summer, first of all? All okay? Yeah, well, it's been another weird COVID-affected summer, isn't it? So it almost doesn't feel like it had a start point or an end point. It's just, especially with the Euros and the Olympics and everything, it's, there's not been that much of a discernible difference between the season and not the season. No, you're right. It's, it's better than last, though. Last year was, was a joke, <laughs> considering how close everything was together. So yeah. I've quite enjoyed the, the couple of weeks off, but... We're getting there. We're getting there. Juventus obviously coming into this season trying to win a fifth straight Scudetto in Serie A Feminile, but they'll probably have a bit more competition than they have in recent years. Milan obviously finished second last season. They've signed really well. Sassuolo were third. They've also signed really well this season. So we'll start with Milan. I guess the, the big signing they've made is probably Lindsay Thomas from Roma, and they look like they're ready to mount a serious title challenge this season. Yeah, it it's semi-surprised me, that signing, in the sense that obviously Roma had such a strong finish to the season by winning the Coppa Italia and then sold a very important forward. Lindsay Thomas always stuck out for them whenever you'd watch them. It was often her and Cesarini were the two that you'd think they're the, the bright spots in the team. I'm pretty sure um, Lindsay Thomas scored probably the most important goal in that semi-final against Juve as well. I think it was the one that put them initially ahead and put them in that position of strength that they never really expected to find themselves in. Um, they they renewed Giacinti's contract as well, which is very big because as, as they've done with Lindsay Thomas, it's quite common for the best player from one team to get nabbed by the next team up <laughs> or the next one or two teams up. So that was that's a big deal to keep hold of her as well. So they'll be really hoping to just, just finally beat Juventus head to head because mm. last season, that's almost all it would have taken. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the difference, wasn't it? Milan only lost to Juve until the title was decided, and then they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. But Juventus were imperious last season. Um, On to Roma. They've obviously lost Lindsay Thomas. They also lost Agnese Bonfantini to Juventus. Um, There's a little bit of um unrest there now around the, the club with a lot of the fans being very, very unhappy that she was allowed to just have her contract expire and go to Juventus for nothing. We obviously spoke to Maria Banyasic last season. She's left as well, but there was a lot of talk around Roma about them wanting to win, that they won the Coppa Italia last season. There was the hope that they would push on in Serie A this season. But with with those departures, do you see them having taken a step back this this summer? Yeah, it, it's difficult to view it in any other way, really, which is quite sad that they do seem to have won that trophy and almost backed off, essentially. Um, and, the, you know, teams like Juventus and Milan are not going to 
sit back and watch that happen. They're going to see you back off and they're going to nab two of your best players. Um, like every other club, because it's very common in women's football, that there's been a lot of transfer movement and they have signed mm-hmm. players. Um, again, for them, similar to Milan, the biggest thing is that Cesarini renewal. Um, she's going to be by far the most important player there. And, you know, she had, she had English uh, interest from an English side, apparently, which don't seem to have been named, but it's, it's a sort of different level of professionalism in in um, in England. So for her to turn that down, she supposedly turned down Fiorentina, Juve, and Valerenga as well, um, in order to stay at Roma. So that's they're, they're probably clinging on to that a bit. But there is some sort of project there that Sertorini wants to be a part of. We heard Banyasit say it last year that you know there is a real project there for for whatever reason she's decided to move on. But that's that's definitely going to be where their focus is all season. I think. Yeah, well, Satorini is obviously one of the best players in, in Serie A at the moment. Another one is Andressa Alves. She's still there as well, thankfully. She was probably the standout player in the in the cup final too. And If they can keep up with her, she was obviously at the Olympics with Brazil this summer. Um, then then who knows? Who knows what they could do? Sassuolo. Um, they've caught my eye with the signings of Sofia Cantore. Firstly from, well, it was... Florentia wasn't it and now it's not but we'll get to that um, and then Lana Cladland as well from Fiorentina so Sassuolo again strengthening having achieved their best ever finish last season and they will be one of the teams who are hoping to to push on again this year yeah they you know they might not quite fully have their eye on the title but they they narrowly missed out on the Champions League obviously it's the top two places that get it so that was Milan and Juve last season um so they're going to be really hoping to get there. They've, like you say, they've strengthened, and they're going to want that sort of that financial input to be validated by getting into the Champions League, and then then you're into a different world almost, <laughs> as, as we all know. Yeah. Um. So that'll be really important for them. But Sofia Cantoro is definitely a big signing. She she got double figures last season, and that's a big thing to bring into the club when you're in their position. After that, what else is there to look out for? Because obviously there was a big bunch. At the in mid table last season, obviously Sampdoria are playing their first ever season in in Serie A Femminile. They bought the rights to Florentia again. More controversy in in Italian women's football. Pomigliano got promoted, as did Lazio. So there's going to be a Rome derby next season, which is nice. Um, Fiorentina, Luis Quinn, our friend, has has left, and Cleland has has left. So. All of our friends have left. Haven't they? <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all leaving, aren't they? Um, we need to make some new friends this season. But Fiorentina are one of those clubs that will probably fancy themselves to be in the top half of the table, and then at the end of the season, who knows what they can push on and achieve? Maybe an outside chance at at Europe. Yeah, so they've lost their coach as well. There's been a huge amount of coach moving and player moving. Um, so he's gone to Sampdoria, actually. And he's the one who delivered all of their various triumphs when just as sort of women's Italian football started to pick up around sort of 2016. Um, and they're, they're, the replacement is Patrizia Panicho from, she was managing the Italy men's under-15s. Um, she's very interesting. She's the, she was the first um, female coach to manage a male Atsuri team. So she's sort of viewed as quite a big deal. Um, not necessarily for what she does with football, but her 
sort of off the pitch prominence as it were um so that could be a very big thing for them um but it's you know a new coach it's very hard to see whether they will improve whether they'll stagnate whether it'll take take some time if there'll be a little drop off but that's that's the way it seems to be with that middle pack is that some of them could shoot up <laughs> really quickly some of them could shoot down very quickly it's going to be quite it's going to be quite random there's been a lot of managerial changes yeah, and one of those teams who might well fancy themselves to shoot up quite suddenly are Inter. Obviously, they've they've stolen Rita Guarino, the, the ex-Juve coach who guided Juve to those four straight Scudetti. Juve have replaced her with Joe Montemuro, the ex-Arsenal coach. It's hard to keep track of all of this, but <laughs> y- you would expect that Inter will want to kick on again this season, but they'll probably fall way short of being anywhere near the title. And... As depressing as it is, the title is still very much Juve's to lose. Yeah, the in terms of Inter, the, the the gap between Juve last year and them last year was so vast. Like on, on the final day of the season, Juve beat them five 0 when they didn't need to. Mm. Um, and but like you say, you know they've they've signed a four time title winning coach, um, and they well like we say a lot of teams have signed a lot of players. Inter seems to have signed a lot of players. Um, whether whether it is actually more than anyone else, I'm not entirely sure, but it certainly feels like it. They seem to be announcing players left, right, and centre, so they're clearly yeah. on a big push. <laughs> so you think that that push is for a European spot as an outside bet, not necessarily for the title, but you know anything can happen. Yeah, you could just sit on Inter's Twitter page and just click refresh, and every five minutes yeah. there will be a new signing there. You can almost yeah. guarantee it, and you welcome um, every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly anyway um that'll do it is there anything else that people should watch out for in Serie A for Manila this season uh well in terms of representatives in the Champions League um it's obviously Juve and Milan um I wouldn't hold huge amounts of hope out in terms of um winning it because I did spot that Juve got beaten 6-0 by Barcelona in a friendly yeah. very recently um who obviously won it last year which they, they are a stratospheric level above everyone else should be said but that doesn't seem like a tournament that's going to be won by an Italian team so don't no, look out absolutely for that. not <laughs> <laughs> no maybe avoid it it is worth noting that Barcelona also beat Chelsea 4-0 in the Champions League final last year yeah. Chelsea are bloody good too um <laughs> yeah so it's going to be interesting I'm quite excited actually about following the league from from in Italy this year and if any of our listeners are as well because there will be a game every weekend broadcast on on free to air television on on LA7 which is which is yeah. very good news so and the way the games are timed as well they don't tend to overlap with with the men's Serie A so that is something to definitely keep an eye on for the season to come um Champions League games as well will be broadcast free on YouTube so there's there's plenty yeah. to to keep us match day on. 11 right. seems to be the one to keep your eye on <laughs> Match yeah, day 11, which actually that's... becomes the final day. You've got a Rome derby, you've got Inter Sassuolo and Juve Milan all on one day. Yeah, it's or one weekend, absolutely rather. enormous. Like the, It's a potential title decider with mm. with Milan and Juve going head-to-head. And then who knows what Sassuolo could be up to by then as well. If yeah. last maybe maybe Inter would have gone mad. And you can have four teams fighting out on the final day. <laughs> in, or else they'll have in, run in, out in of money and just got rid of all of their players. Yeah, very, very wishful thinking. Um, anyway, Ewan, thank you very much. We'll be sure to keep in touch throughout the season for, for regular updates at week by week. So enjoy what's left of your summer, and I'll chat to you again soon.
down in the capital, guys, things are, are very interesting because as we discussed back when it happened, I believe in April, Jose Mourinho is, is in at Roma. and Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I don't know if you guys have seen what Roma have been getting up to in preseason. They're basically just fighting everybody. So first against Porto, Pepe put in a, a robust challenge. You know, I didn't actually think it was as bad as people made it out to be. It was just because it was Pepe. People seemed to have a problem with it. And then Mkhitaryan responded by trying to kick him in the head, which I thought was actually quite bad. Um, that descended into a brawl. And then Roma played Betis more recently. And at 2-2, Betis scored a third goal to go 3-2 ahead. And Mourinho was so incensed, thinking that it was offside or a handball or something. He ran onto the pitch to confront the referee, got sent off. Within a minute of him getting sent off, Roma went down to 10 men. Within 10 minutes of that, they went down to 9 men. And then within 10 minutes of that, they went down to 8 men and they lost 5-2. So, Kev, are you as excited as I am for Mourinho at Roma now, finally? I think he will bring something, well, he'll bring his own sort of uniqueness style back to Syria. Uh, because I don't think he knows he's not got a chance of, of competing for, for a title at Roma. But Does he maybe, not? No, not I don't, this season? No, not this season. No, I, don't, I really don't think, think so. I, think, I, I fully expect him to go all in on the uh, Europa Conference because I think he would see that as a, an, an ideal opportunity of, of of getting them a trophy and getting you know they don't win many, so it would still be uh, much sought after on the um, the red side of the capital. But the the types of um, should we call it combative displays that they're putting in, if you want, uh, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if that's entirely engineered by him because he will love going to some of the. Uh, more established Gadetto 
challenges this season and really grinding out wins. And then if he can, if he can do a little bit like Roma were doing under Fonseca last year, they were blowing away the weaker sides. Uh, he will love to go and get. Let's say he gets uh, ten out of twelve draws against his other sort of top six or six seven rivals. He would love that, and then blow mm. everybody else away. And it might be enough for them to get very, very close to Champions League football, but I don't see them getting a title. I don't know. I really don't know. Like I was saying, I don't think it's going to take all that much to actually win the Scudetto this season. And for that reason, I'm not ruling anyone who finished in the top six last season out, or top seven, wherever Roma finished in the end. It was seventh, I think, wasn't it? Um, I, I really do think they've got a chance veto. Are you leaning towards my side of this or, or Kev's cynical side of this? Oh, look, I'll be honest. If on paper, I don't have them in my top four as yet. No, but, but I think because it's just so evenly matched, they, you know, on grass, they can still find a way to get into the Champions League. And, uh, well, with the Scudetto, it's a big challenge this season. But, yeah, for the reasons Kev mentioned in regards to getting results against the bigger teams, if they can get those draws or even victories, I think that's where they're going to make a big difference. If they can keep doing what they did against the so-called provincial sides and then actually put up a contest against the bigger boys, that might be the big difference. Uh, Scudetto... Look, I would still tip the likes of Juve or even Atalanta for the title. But, uh, yeah, um, Roma, I think if Mourinho, you know, he sticks to his strengths, you know, making sure the team's strong in the defensive phase, off the ball, they're hard to break down. And with this siege mentality, if that, you know, unites the players and they fight for one another, that's where they can probably do more than what most people are predicting. I'm very, very excited about what's going to happen in the, in the capital this season, particularly when it comes to the derby, because it's Maurizio Sarri's Lazio now, which is still quite strange to say. But I think that is quite a beautiful fit as well in terms of the, the players he has available in that Lazio squad. I think it's going to be a gorgeous derby when those two face off. And I really, really hope we can have like a good amount of fans in for that because that will just be a spectacle. Um, Vito, Onsari, whose football, I think it's fair to say, is a little bit more up your street than, than Mourinho's would be. How are you expecting him to fare with the Bianco Celeste? Um, I, I think on paper, I still think they're more or less a Europa League squad. But if they can to his ideas and uh, they're able to uh, implement his philosophy quick enough, again, I think uh, they can be in the mix for Champions League spot too. And uh, they've already got some outstanding creative talents already. I mean, having players like Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, Luis Alberto up front, I mean, in midfield, I think... uh, they would suit uh, Sarismo or Saribo ideally. Mm. And although Immobile has problems fitting into a 4-3-3 formation, I still think if he can adapt 
and uh, Sadi guides him in the right way, he might still be able to produce some pretty high numbers. Kev? Yeah, I agree very much with Vito there. That it will depend on how quickly they can acclimatise to Sari's football. Um, and yeah, with what, what he kind of got out of Higuain as a sort of a focal point of attack, I think um, he can he can entirely get that out of Immobile. You know, he's, 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 his confidence is going to be sky high anyway after his last few seasons in uh, Serie A and coming back from the Euros. Maybe even with a little bit to prove because he, you know, he still got criticism despite walking away of a winner's medal. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting how uh, how Lazio do, particularly if you compare that to Inter with their former coach that could have walked into an absolute mm. um, burning building of a club. Mm. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Down at the bottom. Well, we don't know down at the bottom, but I mean, the, the three new boys, the three newcomers, Venezia, Empoli and Salernitana. It's really, really nice to, to say Venezia and Salernitana coming up to Serie A for, I mean, the first time since we've been doing this anyway. And Empoli, right, fair enough, they're back. And I, I couldn't care less about them. It's a nightmare of a place to get to, even though it's not necessarily all that far away. I don't plan on going there this season. It's a dump. The stadium, not the place. So I don't care about that. I'll definitely be going to Venice. <laughs> I might try to go to Salerno as well. Um, so Kev, last season we were talking about places where you could potentially come and meet me. Let's go to Salerno. We'll have a great time there. How are we expecting the three new teams to fare? They're just going to scrap for their lives, aren't they? Like the newcomers always do in Serie A, Vito. Pretty much so. I think we've um, with Empoli, it's either they'll do enough to survive or they're just going to stay in the bottom three. I tip them to survive because they had a pretty good... Well, they had a pretty impressive campaign in Serie B. They did lose their coach, but they brought back Andrea Zoli. And I just think with the players they've got, um, they can still... I think they can still be a team that's watchable. Uh, they'll put in some impressive performances here and there, and that's probably be about it. Uh, more than anything, as long as in goal, you know, that uh, if they're able to not concede too many, that might be the key. I think when they were in, in Serie A last time, they got Drogovsky for the second half of the season, and he was fantastic. But before he came on loan, they were absolutely woeful in defence. And I think the goalkeeper was uh, Providel, who was at Spezia mm. last season. So uh, I think that as long, uh, as long as they do well in, in goal, they get that protection. I might be wrong on this. I think it's Brignoli, who was the goalkeeper that scored for Benevento against AC Milan in their first season. So, um, yeah, if he can pull off some quality saves, I think that's going to be the big difference for them between staying up and staying in City and going back down to City B. The other teams, uh, Venezia, they're getting a lot of unknowns, a lot of youngsters from um, countries that aren't, how you would say, the established powers of world football. They're going for a lot of unhidden gems, so m- might be wise recruiting or might be due to the constraints of their budget. Um, they're really an unknown quantity, but who knows, they might pleasantly surprise 
as o um, Salernitana, uh, Castori is their coach. They got, well, he was at Carpi when they were in Serie A the first time in 2015-2016. So he's got experience in the division. Got Salernitana up into Serie A like he did with Carpi those years ago. So he's got some experience. But again, I think the quality of the team might be a bit of a struggle. And uh, they're even looking like a bit of a Sampdoria B team because they've got a few players who are from Samp or had played for Samp previously. So, yeah, um, they'll be intriguing in their own way, but I think the way things are, they look like a team that might head straight down. Yeah. Um, the teams from the south particularly do tend to struggle. But, Kev, are you as excited as me to have Venezia and Salernitana in particular back in, in Serie A? I'll... I'd like to know if uh, Venezia are going to play at their own stadium. Has that been confirmed? As far uh, as I know, they are. Oh, because that was. Always, I don't uh... personally know how, but apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that was always uh, somewhere I wanted to visit. Um, and they would have been the first Italian side I think I saw back in '98 when I was visiting Italy for the first time. So it's you know it's nice to. Nice to see them when I'm a bit older. Not as as knowledgeable of Vito. Excellent roundup he gave us of the new t- the new sides there because I just had, yeah, I reckon Empoli will survive. And as soon as Vito said that, I was like, oh, that's good. I'm on the same page as Vito. Uh, don't have to pay too much attention to the new boys because all they'll be doing is scrapping it out. But uh, it's nice to see just some different names, you know, because if we'd had, you know, another couple of sides, yo-yo back up, um, which, is, which is one of the... Uh, the, the beautiful things about Italian football sometimes is you don't get the the size just yo-yo in between top flight and second tier that you do in some of the other mm. uh, major European leagues. So Venezia are currently doing a bit of work to their stadium to get it up to, to Serie A levels. They will play their first three games away from, from the Penso. Um, Serie A, Lega Serie A did them a bit of a favour there by, by doing that. So... It'll be interesting. I still don't understand how they're going to do it because I've been there as well. Like, I think it was in 2018. And I, I didn't want Venezia to get promoted because it, I just assumed they would have to move stadium. Kev? Yeah, just while we're on stadiums, because there was the announcement that they were considering 33% of capacities of this year. And that, that sounds as though this week it's been increased to uh, 50% with what I believe was the checkerboard uh, format. Um, I'm not quite sure how you, you know, considering you have families or couples or friends going together, why you have to insist on a checkerboard across the stadium where some of these people will be going home in the same vehicles or, you know, sleeping in the same beds. Um, but anyway, if it gets us to 50%, um, that's mm. a start because then I'm assuming some of the larger stadia that don't always um, fill them to capacity might mean that a few Don't bring this up because it's, it's a little bit messy mm. um, at the moment because the, the San Siro basically, because the seats there are so on top of each other, it's going to be different to, for example, the Juventus stadium um oh yeah i saw that because the the juventus stadium is a nicely designed stadium i don't like it and it's ridiculously expensive but 
it's the only stadium in, in Italy with leg room, to be honest. So, yeah, there's there's been a bit of controversy about that. But I, I saw the bigger seats debate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People people who have never been to the stadium wondering why. Uh, because, well, you've never been to the stadium. That's why you don't know why. But not wondering why. Throwing conspiracies around, which uh, we, we've got enough of that going on anyway for for real reasons. So we don't need any any that aren't for real reasons anyway. Um, I forgot about someone and I've just been reminded of them, especially while talking about Salernitana as well. Their rivals in, in Serie A will be Napoli. And Vito, there's, there's been a lot going on at Napoli over the summer as well. Mostly just Aurelio Dallarentis fighting with the Lega Serie A, the FIGC, and everyone who will listen to him. But, I mean, they've not changed too much. Spalletti's in there, obviously. Um, what are we expecting? Uh, I think, oh, for me, I reckon they're in my prediction for the Champions League spots. I think Spalletti can really um, help them improve, especially in terms of consistency. And uh, also, if uh, Victor Ozyman can stay fit, I think he'll be an excellent option up front. So mm. I think he's. Uh, I think this year we'll really see Ozyman blossom. Other than that, they have kept most of their squads. Um, they have lost Jonathan Demme for some time because he sustained a preseason injury. So he's um, he's going to be a loss at least as a defensive mid. But apparently. Stanislav Lobotka, the Slovakian international, apparently he's been doing well in the pre-season games, so he might finally come good for Napoli because so far I've been disappointed with him. Uh, and otherwise, up front, you'd think, or at least behind Ozyman, you've got Insigne still there, Zielinski, at least at club level, he's been a good player. And on the right wing, they've got Lozano and Politano, so two top options on the right flank. Uh, defence, I think, no left bank is still going to be a problem. Otherwise, they've got good options. And, uh, yeah, um, Scudetto might be a stretch for them, but uh, I think with Spalletti, his tactical analysis, his experience, his way of moulding a team, and they're already set for his preferred 4-2-3-1. So, mm. um I think the Champions League should be a minimum requirement from the Partenope. Yeah, fewer teething problems with, with Spalletti than perhaps with the likes of Sari or Inzaghi, you would imagine, given the setup there, as you mentioned. But I, I feel like I've heard both of you say Champions League a, a quite a few times. Um, so I'm going to have to ask you now for something that you don't want to do. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold my hands up and say, I'm not doing this. It's only you two because I've not given it enough thought. So I'll do it when we do the official article on FIF. Um, but I need you to tell me your predictions. So starting with the oldest out of respect, Kev, could you give me your top four, starting from fourth, working your way to first? I really was hoping you wouldn't ask us to do it in order. Because okay, well, look, give me four teams and then you can put them in an order. But okay, Atalanta, Juventus, um, Kev, yeah, I, I did ask you to, to prepare this. 
before. I I know, and I kind of I kind of have three of them, and then I've questioned myself as well. Right, well, you've only on. said two. So Atalanta, Juventus, Inter, and Lazio. Lazio. There you go. Okay, who's winning the Scudetto? Uh, Atalanta. Yeah, there he goes. Come on. Okay, Vito, over to you. If you could just be a, a normal human and do what I ask and give me your top four from fourth to first, please. Oh, fourth to first. Okay, then. Um, look, I'm going to go with AC Milan for now in fourth. Um, Napoli third. Um, although I did say Atalanta were the best chance. Um, at the moment, second. I'm okay. playing it very safe, and I'm going to okay. go Juventus for the oh, Scudetto no. again, only because of that man, Allegri. Only yeah. because of him. Again, no, it's that's... a safe option. but uh... It's fair enough. It's fair oh. enough. It's it's an interesting choice. So you're not having Inter or either the Roman clubs in the top four next season? Well, these are just the predictions for now, but uh, I've noticed when I've picked AC Milan for fourth, they don't come fourth. They don't get a Champions League spot. So, um, based on, I don't know. Vito, I, I think you just want some of the heat that me and Kev get. <laughs> now you're trying to wow. get it and all of that. Oddly, that's why I've chosen Atalanta as champion. <laughs> I was going to say, you've left, you've left me on out your top four, haven't you? No, I, I had and... them for fourth. No, no sorry, Kev left no, them no, out. I have, yeah. I have Vito, yeah. But I, I, I do... It really depends on what Inter look like at the start of the season, mm. because then they might drop out. I think that, that's the thing for me. You, mm. We just, I just don't know what they look like on on paper. They're starting there. No one, no one's putting Roma in the top four, boys. It's Mourinho. No, no not a chance. Not this year. Jose Mourinho. Not this season, mate. Mourinho. Yeah, no, I don't round care. fifth or sixth for me. But again, Jose. Hmm. You're, you're saying the same things that Daniel Levy was saying to the Tottenham board when he was going, get him in. He's going, Jose, Jose, lads, we're going to win the league. Jose, Jose. <laughs> no, Daniel. No, Daniel, we don't want to give this bloke five million a year. It's Jose. Come on, yeah. You've gone, you've gone, you've gone, you've gone, Daniel Levy. Well, Spurs are still paying him. So I'm not surprised. Be, I, I can't remember, but when, when it was announced, I think Spurs are paying him for like the first two seasons. So, yeah, which is Rome why he'll enjoy his home. Like, Spurs are picking it up. Yeah, so he'll enjoy his holiday in Rome for a couple of years until he has to pull his finger out because he's getting paid twice. And then I go back to Chelsea for a third stint <laughs> and fight with the whole new team. Um, okay, interesting. Um, can I have your relegated teams, please, Vito? And I'm going to put a caveat in this you're not allowed to just name all three of the newly promoted teams. No, at, I'm not going to name all three. Okay. But uh, I will name two of them. So that will be. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> um, yeah, look, unfortunately, yeah, just on, on paper, they don't look too impressive yet. Hmm. So I do have Salernitana and Venezia there. And my other choice is surprisingly not Genoa. Um, that's what I hope for, but. I don't think it's going to be them. So, and it's not Udinese either. It's actually Hellas uh, Verona. Hellas Verona. Hmm. Look who they've got as coach. Oh, you're holding grudges. 
I think he's just had such a rapid decline uh, as a coach with Sebio Di Francesco. I got a bad feeling he's going to bring Verona down. Lost the goalkeeper too. Yeah. Yeah, Silvestri to Udinese, so... Lovato to Atalanta too. Mm. Yeah. Might be a shout, Vito. It's a bold one. Top half last Mm. season. Yeah, I know. But uh, I think it also speaks volumes of how good Juric is becoming as a mm. coach now, as well as how bad Di Francesco has become. Ah, I feel bad for EDF, you know? Um, mm, Kev, I do, but yeah, the results, your, so. your bottom three, I'm guessing you've gone for Vanessi and Salernitana and one more. Yeah, see, I, yeah, so I had almost exactly the same as Vito. Okay. Although I've got, because of, because of the losses in the playing squad at Verona, I've kind of got it Verona stroke Spezia. So maybe I should just choose Spezia at this point. Just thinking that they they looked to be comfortable last year and then they really did sort of, you know, perilously close to getting dragged into that final dogfight. And I do think Empoli will stay up. Like Vito was, you know, saying mm. they had a chance to earlier. So, uh, yeah, so I won't, I won't match Vito's bottom three. I'll just switch... Verona for Spezia. Of course, Vincenzo Italiano has left. He's now at Fiorentina as well. Another factor in Spezia's potential demise. Um, they've got Victor Kovalenko from Atalanta, which I was surprised to see. Um, he played about three minutes for, for Atalanta last season. And Ebri macaulay has <laughs> gone there on loan as well, also from Atalanta. So that's they're two quite exciting attacking players. I'm not sure they'll get goals, but they'll create anyway, You you would think. But yeah. I'm not, I'm not so sold on Spezia this season either, unfortunately, because I do quite like having them around and about Serie A. But okay, there it is. And then, do either of you have any random predictions that you would like to to make for the season, Kev? You look like you've got one. Uh, no, it was more along the lines of my one to watch that you told me to. Okay, yeah, on. that I forgot what I called it to you. Um, so yeah, you want to watch? Which is uh, Marco Alnautovic signing for Bologna. So uh, I, I highly on. expect him to have a touchline bust up with Sinisa Mihailovic, even though they uh, they they would have had some uh, relationship at Inter at one stage. Yeah. Um, but Can yeah, we I, talk about that? I mean, Arnautovic thing. I think it's a blessing that the the tunnel at the Dalara isn't beside the dugouts because I can see him getting taken off and just walking straight to that in a strop. But why did Bologna fans celebrate his signing? Uh, well, the, the... they were partying in the streets. It was like Italy had just won the Euros again. Kev, they had flares. <laughs> they were singing in the streets of Bologna. It's Marco Arnautovic. I think they, like it wasn't Ibra. It's not Messi. It's Marco Arnautovic, who's been but playing where? It's not Barca. China. It's not Milan. It's Bologna. And also, he's people have people have been locked down for a long time, Connor. Give, them, come, give them some enjoyment. We've not been locked down in Italy for ages. But we've been celebrating in the streets every night this summer here. What, they didn't need to celebrate that? I thought it was madness. Uh, I don't know. I think he, it would be nice to see him back in Syria. No, give why? Him some mad moments. I just think he's a knobhead, isn't he? He is, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> don't, yeah. don't look at me like that. He is. 
he absolutely is. <laughs> but anyway, Vito, did you have a, a one to watch? Oh, um, without thinking of what which club he's even going to play for this season, let's just say, you know, as we are recording, he's Atalanta owned or from the Atalanta Youth Academy, and we've talked. Well, not talked about him, but he's been written about in previous FIF articles. Uh, Alessandro Cortinoves is the attacking midfielder from the Primavera of Atalanta. Um, let's just assume that as as we are recording, uh, he's gone to Ellis Verona. But re- regardless of where he plays, I think he's one of those few gems in the Primavera system. Um, I think uh, the guy... He'll bring a bit of uh, X factor, and uh, yeah, another young gem. Especially if Nicolo Zaniolo at Roma having those injuries. Uh, um, you know, Cortinovis is probably a little bit similar to Zaniolo, maybe a bit more faster or more explosive. But mm. I think if there's an Italian youngster to emerge, I think he's someone worth keeping an eye out for. Oh, he's a gorgeous player. He is a gorgeous player. I'm very, very excited to see him in Serie A. Yes, Kev. If you want to do top goal scorer, we can do top top goal scorer. I can't remember if I asked you for it earlier. Who's gonna be the Capocannoniere this season? No, you did. Uh, you know, mine's relatively boring, but uh, you did ask. Don't us say for it. Cristiano Ronaldo. No, Chiro <laughs> Mobley, just because of okay. what I said earlier. I think the goals he he might uh, get under Sari's style of football. Okay, fair enough, Vito. Yeah, again, I'm going with Immobile as well. So pretty much for the same reasons as Kev. Uh, nothing nothing more to add. Do you know what? I like that though, because it, it got under my skin this summer, seeing all of the, the people supporting Italy getting on his back as if he's not a brilliant centre forward. Um, so yeah, Ciro, I hope he comes back to Serie A and absolutely pumps 40 goals this season under Sarri and breaks all of the records. And why not? Wins Lazio the Cup or something as well. Why not? Um, To finish, we've got to talk about kits because I've got to be honest, I've been disappointed with most of the kits that have been released in Serie A this year, with the exception of Venezia's and Inter's white kit. I can't think of too many others that I'm actually that sold on so but forgive me if i'm forgetting some parma have good ones but they're in serie b importantly other than that i'm not quite convinced that there's too many good ones going around um kev i'd imagine you've been crunching the numbers um on this and you've probably got a spreadsheet ready to go you can probably tell us what the trim on every kit looks like and, and the whole lot what have you got for us well, yeah, my spreadsheet's not quite ready because some clubs haven't released all of their kits. Okay. Um, I think Inter deserve a special mention for arguably having the worst kit with that snakeskin monstrosity. Right. And so possibly the best in the away kit. Although okay, I so really, you're with me really... that the away kit's better than the home kit, yeah? Yes, but I really, really do not like the away kit with the sponsor. I saw I saw yeah. it come without the sponsor, and I thought, oh, that's so much nicer without the sponsor. Mm. Uh, or maybe I'm just missing Pirelli. Um, no, I, the sponsor does look ugly on it. Um, it absolutely does. Um, I got quite irate at Fiorentina's four kits, which isn't <sighs> unusual for them. But I don't think it's the number of kits. 
because I know obviously the goalkeeper. They're all the same. Does wear some of them. That's the thing that annoys me. It's like, oh, we created this template, guys. Now you pick four <laughs> colours and we'll make them for <laughs> yeah. you. And then they've gone for like purple plus the three other colours that were first on the colour palette of like paint, mm. Microsoft paint. I mean, that's it. They've gone, yeah, we'll have those. We'll have those ones. That's fine. I know. I think there's some, there's a link, isn't there, to the. No, but have you yeah. seen that the, the, the Fiorentina fans are annoyed about this? Because of the, yes. they've changed the badge back to an old badge, and the Fiorentina fans obviously know more about Fiorentina than their owners do, and they're fuming because of what they associate that badge with and the, the older regimes and the the sale of badge and stuff like this. So, yeah, um, this is my my random prediction for this year is it's the it's the fall of Comiso. He's going to end up just pissing everyone in Florence off finally, um, and he'll be driven out of the club. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, Continue with your kits. Yeah, I think some good ones. You've got uh, Cagliari have got a really nice colour on their, their third I've shirt. I've seen theirs. Theirs was a, like a disaster a, last season, their kit. It's a sky blue one. Yeah, I haven't seen their home. Maybe maybe their home is a disaster again because they only seem to have released their third kit, but it is a lovely sky blue. Quite like the Torino away because I do mm. quite like the Peruvian style sash. But they've put the sponsor in the sash, which is so clever. If you yeah. have to put a sponsor on it, don't destroy don't break the, the sash. Of the kit. Don't break exactly. the sash. Exactly. Remember Chelsea did one a few years ago with the blue sash and they just wrote Samsung or whatever it was across it and it ruined an otherwise glorious kit. So well done to Suzuki and, and Torino on that one. Yeah, Lazio's white away is quite nice. It's got a really nice mm-hmm. like dark blue sort of shoulder line. Sassuolo are really good on their home and away. No, Sassuolo, Sassuolo smashed it. That's the other team. It's it's Sassuolo and Venezia that I'm impressed with. Their home kit, bangs. Their away kit, bangs. Their third kit, bangs. Sassuolo, team of the year already, just because they're the best dressed. Glorious work. Venezia's kits... Go into the bad category. What are you talking me? about? What are you talking just their, about? Get just off the podcast, bit, will you? They're just Get off a the little podcast, too busy. Clown. They're just what are you talking too busy about? For me. The opposite of busy. No, <laughs> all the triangles and all the stars and all this. It's just too much for me. I like Samp's kit's quite nice, but I've only seen that about sponsors. There's a lot of there's a lot of mm. Italian shirts in Syria this year that the designs I've seen are all sort of sponsorless. So they look mm. nice and clean and, and sleek, and then suddenly they go and slap about fifteen sponsors on them or put them in strange positions. Samp's got a nice <laughs> sash on an away shirt. Samp's got Samp's what got kind of the put them in strange positions. Oh, you know, one on your shoulder, one on your shoulder. Oh, Atalanta are bad for yeah. the chest sponsor, actually, aren't they? Yeah, um, fair enough. So yeah, no, but Samp have got a sash as well. Their traditional sash, mm. their, uh, hoops. Usually, they've yeah. got the hoops, yeah. yeah so oh, what? They've that... got the sash on the home kit? No, on no, the away. Uh, away. The away. The away. Yeah, they did the that a few down. years ago as well, didn't they? Yeah, I quite mm. like that because it's got it's kind of broken. Yeah. Their own, and then the two, you know, last two uh, from me, which are bad ones, which is uh, the Juve third that just looks horrific. And, what uh, colour is the, it? Uh, <laughs> It's the no, you're oh, gonna. I didn't mean that. Uh, <laughs> uh, God, why can't I think now? What it was? I gen- I don't think I've seen it. To be honest with you, the black one's seen... the away one. It's the what they've got a black away kit. Yeah. What? 
No, they're not. This is getting cut. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's not. If you don't, you you know, you don't listen to this podcast back. It is not getting good out. Um, No, no, no. No, yeah. Juventus Away is definitely. What they've got black away kit? They wear black and white. Yeah, well, yeah, it's got like uh, kind of pinstripes. Right. Oh, oh, no, the Juventus third, the one that's the monstrosity, is that thing that's like Inter's kit they wore once last year where it's got like a blue shoulder yellow <laughs> yellow line well. uh, yeah yeah i thought I've, over the summer i thought i saw Vito comment on it actually it looks horrific um yeah so that's the uva and then verona's uh home has got far too much yellow in it like this is it that Boca juniors looking yes thing? very much so Vito. Oh. it's like the oh Boca yeah juniors, uh weird whatever they called that there that that was like a mashup of ten years of Boca kits, wasn't it? But this is actually something designed to be <laughs> their much. third kit, which is just a Frankenstein's monster. Is oh god, <laughs> is that is that real? <laughs> yes, that's real. It's not a, it's not a training shirt. It does. It looks like a shitty train. So part. But you know the way me. there's a joke that Inter just keep copying Juve. Like I mean, they they got Conte, they got the the Juve women's manager as well, Rita Guarino. Um, but you are copied. That is vile. If that's real, it is one hundred percent real. And I don't believe that. I'm not going to believe that until a I copy see it. of Inter's shirt last year. <laughs> but they've different manufacturers. Inter and Nike and you are added us. Yeah, they've they've they've, they've chosen the colour scheme and the randomness of shapes and sh- oh, that shapes is and whatever on the shirt. That is disgusting. And I love yellow and blue kids. Why have they put white on it? Who knows? Why have they put black on their away kit? But even if they put black instead of white on this one, it would look a lot better. That's gross. Juve have had stinkers for the last, probably, what, five years consistently. Since the year, the last good kit Juve had was, I think it was their first season with Adidas, when they had the little buttons and they had the changed crest. Um, and it was it was nice. Since then, they've all been stinkers. Bad. Anyway, finished. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you were waiting for either of us to not agree with you because I think no. we all, <laughs> all agree they've had some awful shirts. What yeah. What do you make of Atalanta's kits? Because I'm bitterly disappointed with them. See, I think you're disappointed because the others have been so good. But I found them... Not bad enough to criticise, but not good enough to praise. Yeah, they're but that, they're just <laughs> that's exactly what it is. They're just nothing. The the third one is rotten. It's a rotten kit. That red one. Oh yes. Oh god, yes. That's it's a horrible. horrible red as well. Yeah, it's gross. But the bad thing is they've just done the Oh, who are we talking about? The Fiorentina thing. All of the kits are the same template. So they've all just got the same ugly collar as well. It's not even a nice collar. It's an ugly collar. Um, the away kit itself isn't bad, but it's just because it's that lazy template. I don't like it. And it looks too busy with the sponsors. The home kit's probably not actually too bad at all, but I just, I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest with you. Um, anyway, anything else to say? No, can't wait. Let's hope I get to Italy this year to watch some football let's hope so too to see me um, look we're still in pre-season because uh, I had your dinner pre- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you owe me two dinners don't you don't you forget don't you forget um, 
yeah, the, we're still in preseason, so there's no game this week. We'll be back with a game next week once the, the competitive football is up and running. Good to speak to you all. Um, we've been trying to blow off some cobwebs. Definitely a bit of rustiness. <laughs> Apologies for, for that, but we'll be back next week. I'm away on holidays for now. And we'll speak to you soon. Kev, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. See you soon. Vito, say ciao. Ciao. And it's goodbye from me. We'll speak to you soon. Campionato di calcio italiano. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 